Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. I'm, I'm working remote today. Uh, I'm working from the old stomping ground in, in Onalaska, Wisconsin. Uh, after this episode drops, we are, we're actually planning my parents' 50th wedding anniversary party. So we are working uh, remotely today and very covertly, as my parents don't know that we are in town. So uh, that's why you can, if you're, if you're watching this on Spotify, you can see the trees and everything in the background and whatnot, but, but I want to bring in my co-host coach Manchi coach. How are we doing over there? Brian, everything's real good. And I would just want to wish all those fathers happy father's day. Yeah. This will, this will be released uh, tomorrow or on Sunday, I should say. And, um, we'll just got to make sure we uh, wish all those fathers. We know so just like anything, the fathers do so much for, for our athletes, I know, and um, and for just athletics in general and kids in general, you know, just uh, the the sacrifice that they make, along with the mothers, of course. Yep, no question. But it, it just it it takes a true family to really support your kids in athletics, and and you know, we talk athletics all the time. We talk strength training. We talk in sports, and we both have a passion for it. But we were there as well with our own kids, Brian, and you know the time and, and the money that that you. Um, spend to, to really help develop the really the core as far as getting those kids to really understand the value of athletics and you're not doing it for a scholarship right. and if that happens great but the lifelong lessons that you are going to to get and also hey knowing that you're at the bot household i can just taste those brats and hamburgers over there in alaska and i want to give a special um, thank you, uh, you know, to your parents on 50 years of marriage. I mean, that's, that's incredible. And you know, we talk about commitment. You, that's one of your things in, in sports advantage commitment. We are constantly, I'm talking about don't break the chain and that's all about commitment, you know, doing something every day to, to hone in on your craft, to get better, whether you're trying to be a better father, a better athlete, better student, whatever that is, but 50 years, you know, is a long time and there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. And, you know, we just got through that pandemic during the COVID. And I think people have got to understand there's going to be some hard times and not everything's social media, not everything's a vacation, right? In the weight room, everything's not linear. We are constantly getting better. And I think people have to understand that, especially kids nowadays, because we're seeing so much mental health, Brian, that they have to understand that, you know, there's going to, not every day is going to be a great day. But, you know, when you got, you got your family and you got people that you surround yourself in your circle, that you will get through it and you will continue to grow. And, you know, some of our best lessons, like you have mentioned several times, is when there's a failure. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, the word that comes to mind is adversity, right? And you face that. That's, that's why athletics is such a great thing for kids to be a part of and multiple you know, ways to face adversity um, because you're going to face adversity in life. You're going to face adversity in your job. You're going to face adversity in your relationships. You're going to face adversity with, with your kids if you're fortunate enough to have kids uh, throughout their life. And so, you know, that's, you know, I go back, I, I go back, I think sports and, and athletics is the greatest teacher of how to develop mental toughness, how to face and overcome adversity. And um, yeah, I'm just, Know, I know my, my parents listen to the podcast, so I'll uh, probably have a tear in their eye as they're listening to this, but um, because they love you, Dino, obviously you've been to the house a few times and, and whatnot. And so just a huge shout out 
um, to them. Huge shout out to my my sister-in-law who has been working her tail off here. Um, shout out to my, my boys that are here with us helping and, and, uh, and whatnot. But let's get to the task at hand here, Dean. Uh, we're going to do a little different format. Uh, as, as the podcast has grown, we, we really appreciate, obviously, our listeners. And uh, if you're an avid listener and you really like the podcast, share it with some of your, your coaches and teachers and even some of your athletes. We have a lot of our, you know some of our athletes at Sports Advantage listen and uh, they come in and they talk about it. I had a girl actually come in the other day, talk about why we don't clean. She's like, coach, I listened to your, your message on why you don't clean. She goes, that's really smart and it makes a lot of sense. So uh, Mia, we appreciate you listening and, and whatnot, but we get a lot of questions, Dean, uh, and we've gotten tons of questions over our career, but um, new format that we want to look at here is taking some of those questions and kind of answering them in an open forum. So I put out on Twitter um, last week, and this is something that people can do at any time. I'm just looking for some, some questions, some thoughts and things like that. And I picked, you know, three of them that I thought were really good. I know you've got a couple that, that you've gotten that we're going to get to. We want to get to them, you know, as soon as we can intermixed with some of our guests and stuff like that. So we got three really good questions we're going to go through. Hopefully this helps you as strength coaches because it applies to people in the, in the private sector, as well as in the high school and college setting. But, um, you know, I really like this format and, and we're going to go with it for today. So question number one, Coach Manchi. With summer being the prime time for training, how do you handle large group settings in the high school setting? So that's mainly directed towards you, but I can also talk to handling large groups. But you guys, I mean, your numbers are ridiculous for what you guys get. And I know there are a lot of other schools, which is awesome, right? We want all the, we, we want all the kids in there, but it can be a challenge. So how do you guys manage your, your large groups? You know, Brian, that's probably a number one question we get all the time. And we're so fortunate to, to have uh, Carrie Jones, who leads our uh, females program as far as the strength and conditioning. And she does just a tremendous job uh, with that. So I'm speaking from the male's standpoint, because we have around 430 um, boys that'll be training in the summer. And, you know, so that, that is just, a, a, just an astronomical number. That are kids that are coming through. And then um, Carrie on the girls' side is, I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but there is uh, just a, a huge population of, of females working out. And again, um, there, there's a lot of great things happening at our school to help right. kids out. And uh, so we're very fortunate there. And then along with myself, you know, I have lots of coaches that, that help me. And, and Coach Mangan, as you know, you know, he does a tremendous job of helping out, you know, I got coach Hardy uh, that, that, that's helps out. And then, you know, I can name, you know, 15 other coaches and I'm not going to go down that road, but it, it just takes so many people to run a program with large numbers. And the number one thing you really have to be able to be is you have to be super organized. That, that is, that is very crucial because, you know, for example, we train our athletes three days a week. And I know some people go four days a week and, you know, some people do five days a week and there's all different types of, you know, templates that people like to do. We, our template is, it just really works well for us. And so we got to get all the coaches on the same page and we got to get kids and groups and, and we got to put them in a position that is going to be best suited for them, for their success. And then obviously you got to equal out the groups just from a safety standpoint. And then when you talk about, 
setting up a program, that's so crucial because you got to look at coaches got to look at one, their facility, you know, what's their space. Cause that's going to make a big difference. And then two, you know, how many pairs of dumbbells do you got? How many Swiss bars do you got? I know that's the number one question you get, Brian, with working the conjugate system. And I get it as well as, well, what do you do if you got 50 kids and you only got, you know, five Swiss bars right. or five football bars or, you know, five safety squat bars. And so, you know, when you look at the exercise selection, I think you got to look at, okay, what can you do? Because you don't want kids sitting around doing nothing and waiting. You know, that's just my biggest pet peeve is, you know, if kids are going to get up and they're going to start working out at, for example, like they do at our place, we start at 5.45 a.m. sharp and, and we are ready to rock and roll. And, you know, you have to get, to, I'm getting there at five o'clock most mornings just to make sure we're, we're getting everything out. And you have to have kids help you. You know, it's part of our culture is kids help set up stuff. Sure. And, you know, and, and they do that. And I think and coaches pick and pick it up. It, it, Absolutely. And, you know, we're, we're very, but, uh, you know, what we do things is, you know, everything matters is, you know, when we put our dumbbells on the racks, the K's got to be up. And, you know, when they come in, the weight room should be nice and clean. And when they leave, it should be the same way. So, you know, with those kind of numbers, the only way that gets done is to make sure you're training your athletes to do things the right way. And oh. now when it comes to program, and, and you're looking at setting up your program. I think that's the number one thing kids will, coaches will ask is you got to make sure it flows. You got to make sure it's organized. You got to make sure you're picking exercises that kids can do. For example, we won't do a lot of unilateral stuff in the summer just because of our numbers. We'll do a lot of bilateral stuff just because it speeds up the workout. And maybe, for example, we might be doing some superset stuff. But, you know, our freshman athletes might be doing something different than our upperclassmen because you just have to be creative in that way of, hey, maybe these people are Swiss bar benching, but maybe this population is doing a barbell bench. And maybe our freshmen, because, you know, they're just coming in are doing this because that's where their level is and our upperclassmen are doing this because they're more advanced. So there's, as you know, Brian, there's always a regression to an exercise. There's always a progression to an exercise. And then we always want to make sure that we put the athletes in the spot that they need to be in, in order to keep growing. Well, and you brought up a couple of good points that we do, Dean, is if you have limited equipment, um, you know, you can rotate kids through. We do it in a four week wave, but in the summer, typically you're going to have six weeks, right? In the summer for football or summer sports, because they start in August. So you usually have six to seven weeks. So at some of our schools, we do a three-week wave where you're using the three different bars, but you're rotating through. So some, you know, week one, some kids are doing a cambered bar. Week two, those same kids are doing a front squat. Week three, you know, they may be doing a deadlift. Well, you know, another group of kids could be doing the front squat week one, the deadlift week two, and the cambered bar week three. So you're kind of rotating them through that way. I think I think the most important thing is communication. Everybody has to be on the same page and you have to put your ego aside. You know, maybe someone's running your program. I know in our consulting programs, you know, we have constant communication with these coaches and a lot of times it's different than what they're used to doing. And our coaches that, that we work with have done an amazing job. I, I, you know, I hope you're all listen at accepting, you know, maybe some changes that we offer and really going forward to learn you know, the value of the exercises. I think if you're going to help out in the weight room in the summer, 
I think learning how to teach the exercise is one thing, but when you really understand the value, that to me is where you can really become a great coach is when you understand the value of why we box squat with a wide stance versus just doing it, uh, you coach it better and you coach it harder because you understand that there's more benefit to doing it in a certain way. Um, I think another great point you brought up, Dean, is, is in kind of the same conjunction, but a lot of high schools, you know, bring in their youth athletes as well. So seventh and eighth graders, you can't have the same program that you have for your varsity kids that you have for your middle school kids. Okay. It, that That's the easy way out. And it may seem like, you know, you're being quote unquote efficient, but really you're just being lazy. Okay. You have to have progressions to those exercises. I know you guys front squat your freshmen, you know, yep. so maybe you're, you're taking your seventh and eighth graders. If that's the way you progress them, maybe you're, they're doing a goblet squat, or maybe they're doing a hex bar or something that's, you know, a progression into the front squat. So you always have to think about those youth kids making sure that they can do the exercises properly um, and just don't throw them into the, into the wolves. And then the, you know, the last thing Dean that I would say uh, from my point of view is you make it meat and potatoes. Like you don't need BOSU balls. You don't need a lot of fancy garbage. Um, you know, I know with, with the schools we work with, you know, we put a huge emphasis on power production, which is our throws and our jumps, our main exercise, which is either our speed bench, speed squat, uh, max squat, max bench, and then our first auxiliary. And then we cut down some of the other, you know, auxiliaries to try and get through it quicker. But you have to make the main, you know, the meat and potatoes part of the program that you have to get those exercises in. Brian, I think the biggest mistake, you know, that I see a lot of, you know, when they start working with the youth, I'm talking sixth, seventh, eighth, that middle school age that I think is so proper. It's such a, it's such a, important time for an individual to make sure that they are getting the correct movement patterns. But I see so many times, you know, young kids that are, are, are you know, let's use Olympic lifts, are, are power cleaning. Yeah. You know, and it just, it, and it just looks like, you know, task completion, they're doing anything they can to get that weight up. They're only focused on the weight, you know, just trying to do a max effort. And it, it's just, it doesn't look pretty. And we always tell kids, if it doesn't look good, it isn't good. Right. That's, that's our big thing. So, you know, as a parent, my, my thing is our weight room has always got to be safety is number one. Safety is number one, you know, and that as a parent, we have children ourselves. The number one thing is your last thing you want to do is drop your kid off in, in a high school weight program or middle school weight program. And the kid gets injured. So we are constantly, you know, we are stressing safety, 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 and we are just only concerned with them doing the exercise correctly. Yep. And I call it slow cooking. I yep. call it, you know, making sure it doesn't matter what they do in sixth, seventh and eighth grade and how much they lift. You know, we're going to tell you, you know, just from a, a situation, the older kids, the more mature kids are going to lift more. It, right. It's just the way it is. It's all about we're going to reward kids on doing the exercise correctly, making sure that they are doing it and they are doing it over and over and over. And then we are going to start to load them, but we are going to be able to do it in a very safe and in a manner where there's not big jumps because a lot of people get hurt when they make too big jumps too soon. And unfortunately, I think some people say, well, he can body weight squat really good or he can kettlebell squat really good. Yeah, he might be able to do that or she might be able to do that for one or two reps, but all of a sudden 
We just don't all of a sudden start back squatting and putting a ton of weight on just because they can do it like that. Right. It's got to be a slow progression. And that is very important for kids to understand. And you said it numerous times is, you know, it's about long-term athletic development. If they're consistent and we get really good movement patterns and we slowly load them, you know, over a, from a sixth grade on until they're a senior in high school, if they're consistent, they are going to be incredibly strong. Right. It's just being consistent. So there's no microwavable approach at, hey, we're going to get this kid strong in one week. It doesn't work that way. Right. It's just like you don't go to Fox Valley Throws Club and go to a couple of sessions and become an all-state thrower. Or you don't go to Sports Advantage and, you know, get eight sessions or just work out there in the summer and become explosive and right. athletic and this freaky athlete. It just doesn't happen. So, you know, that's a big pet peeve of mine. I think sometimes as, as young coaches, especially, hey, we got to get these kids super strong. And, you know, eighth grade, you know, we got to see who the strongest ones are. I think that even turns kids off. If you start emphasizing weight at a young age, kids are even going to get more messed up. And then the immature person or maybe the late developer is, is going to even struggle more and thinking, hey, I can't compete. I can't go out right. for football because this kid's so much stronger. Right. And you, you see that happen all the time. The, the best eighth grade, the best seventh, eighth grade athletes, lots of times aren't the best juniors and seniors at the high school level. Some of the times they don't even go out. Well, I think Dean, Correct. I think Dean, you know, when you said task, task completion, what we need to change it to is task execution. Very right. good. Let's just yep. change that word. You know, how well do you execute the movement? So those are great points, dog. I love them. Um, all right, question number two here. All right. And this is a really good one because this is something that we battle, you know, both in both our, our realms, I would call it. Guys, what are some suggestions for kids with daily nutrition during the summer with all their travel sports plus the training they're trying to get into? Brian, that's a million dollar question because right? <laughs> where are kids, they are being spread in a million different directions right now with all the craziness that youth athletics. I mean, uh, nowadays, you know, we got there's fifth, sixth graders going to Florida for baseball right. and there's, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. And we, we understand that there's millions of opportunities for kids and a lot of that's good. And a lot of that's bad as we know, Brian. Too much of anything's a bad situation. If we if we put the steak on the grill too long, the you know the steak is ruined. So it's oh. that it's having that balance. So it's a thing that we are constantly from from a high school staff is we're constantly making sure that we are continually letting them know about nutrition. It cannot be a thing we're going to cover it day one and then we're not going to touch on it. It's every day that we are honing in on making sure kids are eating good. We always say fruits and vegetables for health. Hey, we got to have protein for muscle recovery. I mean, just simplifying stuff makes things really easy. I think if you give kids, you know, big handouts, you know, that helps a few athletes, you know, the few that are really motivated, Brian, but we got to simplify it. We got to put it in their terms. And like, what do we see now? Monday, 94 and hot and humid, you know, then it's cooled down today. So that weather is always fluctuating, especially where we live in Wisconsin. And we got to make sure that we're making sure they're hydrated. Because what happens with fall coming up, then you got football camps going on. Now you put a helmet on. 
And now you got eight to 10 pounds of pads on and it's hot and it's humid. And you just don't start with hydration the morning before your camp day. It's, it's, I gotta be ongoing all the time. So we are constantly telling kids they gotta be drinking water throughout the day. If they're trying to gain weight, hey, they gotta be drinking a ton of milk because there's a lot of water and milk that's gonna hydrate your fruits and vegetables, got water in it. So that is gonna help you as well. And most kids that are hard gainers in the summer, let's face it, you just don't feel like eating as much. It's hot and humid. So you gotta almost force yourself yep. to eat. You got to make sure you're getting the post-workout nutrition in right after your workout, whether you're working out at Sports Advantage or whether you're working out in a school setting, you got to make sure you're helping that recovery process as fast as possible. And the WIA says what, within 45 minutes is usually, you know, the research here. Sometimes you see as soon as you can after your workout. But I know the WIA is doing a great job of educating, you know, coaches, educating kids, but you just got to constantly remind them and then understand. We always say, if you're dehydrated, all the research out there shows you, you come in on a Monday morning, you're dehydrated. You're not going to run as fast. Your power output is going to decrease. You're not going to bench as much and you're going to leave yourself open for injury. Well, I think one of the, one of the suggestions we give our kids, you know, one of the main suggestions, and I've got this from you is to drink, drink some of your calories. You, you know what I mean? Is because like you said, if, if you're playing a seven inning baseball game and, you know, it's hot out and things like that, you're, you're not going to, you know, you're just going to walk off the field and you're really not going to be that hungry. You know what I mean? But you are probably going to be thirsty. And so finding something like a protein shake, like some type of replacement shake, anything, you know, to get some calories in, uh, I think is a great, um, great plan to have. And then speaking of plans, you know, you got to kind of map out what your schedule is on the weekends. You know, most of these kids, you, you're going to know, you know, until you get to Sunday when you play. So you're going to know, like, if you're in a baseball tournament, if you play 8 a.m. Thursday, you know, 5 p.m. Thursday, 3 p.m. Friday, you know, 2 p.m. Saturday, and then you're in bracket play or same thing with AU basketball. So you're going to know your schedule. So it takes a little bit of time on both the parents and athletes to have a plan. Like, if it's important to you, you'll make a plan. You'll look at your schedule. You know, you'll look at where your hotel is. You'll look at some of the restaurants around there. Um, you know, pick restaurants that, that offer some healthy alternatives, you know. Um, and, and again, we're not telling you to eat a, a completely all natural organic diet here. I want to be clear with that. Your kids, you know, your athletes. So there's, you know, one of those nights, if you want to treat yourself to some wings, treat yourself to some wings. You know what I mean? Let's be, or pizza or, or whatever. But when pizza and wings becomes your, your diet on the weekend, I mean, you, you're fighting a constant battle uh, because if you're training really hard Monday through Thursday and eating really well, and then you just kind of put garbage in your system, you're never going to see results. Your body's just kind of always, you know, circling around. So, you know, have a plan. I think drinking your calories is a great idea. And then keep it simple, like you said, um, you know, handing out these, these, these studies and things like that. Kids aren't going to read those. You're going to get like probably your 6% of kids, the kids that are going to play in college, they'll read them. So, I mean, really basic, simple, you know, basic and simple. If you can't, you know, get protein shakes, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You know, Joe Thomas talked about that. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and milk. It's a great, great solution. It's got everything you need. Um, the last thing we talk to our kids about, Dean, is, is you know, 
taking some type of travel container, um, you know, with a bunch of berries that are cut up, you know, blueberries, raspberries, strawberries for the antioxidants to help with inflammation um, and anything like that. So anything else on the nutrition, Dean? I think you got to keep it simple. You know, the last thing is, I think what we, we see, and, and we really need to probably do a, a better job as because we're constantly reminded, but, you know, athletes out there, stay away from the high caffeinated beverages, the bangs, yep. the, the, the monsters, everything else, because we're constantly hydrating. You know, if you too much caffeine is going to dehydrate you. Yep. And if you're dehydrated, you're more susceptible to get injured. And then now we're talking about summer training. Now you're because of the heat you know, the heat index and all of that, you know, you're sweating more, you're not eating as much, you're more likely to get injured. And this is what we start to see in the summer is kids are more dehydrated and worse yet, it could be heat stroke, you know, any type of heat illness. So, you know, if you need a workout drink to get you jacked up, to get a workout in, then you need to sit down as athletes and think, why am I getting up this morning? Why am I going into sports advantage? What am I trying to get out of this workout? We always tell kids you should walk out of the workout better than when you walk in. But if you need that to get you fired up, if you need that to wake you up, then I would really consider rechecking your, what your goals are, what you're striving to be doing, what you're, how you're trying to improve, and really just check in with yourself and then say, why would I do something that's going to increase my chance of injury? Because what we're trying to do is decrease the chance of injury. And then all of a sudden, you know, now kids are, you know, having some of these caffeinated beverages, look at how many milligrams, you know, some of them over 300 milligrams in one can, Brian. And, you know, what, what is it? The, the, the average American is supposed to be under a hundred milligrams, I right. think is what I read. And they're, they're having, 300 milligrams in one can and then some of these kids are drinking a couple of them a day right so athletes you don't need these pre-workout supplements get your energy get get your five energy stuff you need a good breakfast with with, with some fruit you know some some protein in it some carbohydrates in it and then you got to be eating a ton of good food the last thing i'll say about that is i was one of those hard gainers brian when i was in high school and just because maybe your body fat's down and I got away with eating junk food for years right. and years and years and years. And I was trying to gain weight as an athlete and I was hoarding in everything I could. And until I got to college, when I started working out with a friend that was really big into nutrition, he started saying, Hey, get rid of the pizza, get rid of the wings, start eating chicken breast, start eating tuna, start eating, you know, tilapia, some fish. And all of a sudden, I started getting a ton stronger in the weight room, Brian. And I was getting a lot stronger in the weight room. And I was just looking at, well, I, I could just eat ice cream. I could just eat, hoard in as much junk food as I want, McDonald's every day. And yeah, I wasn't putting on bad weight, but I certainly wasn't gaining the muscle that I should have been gaining. So sure. if I would have just honed in on my nutrition... I would have got a lot stronger during those same times with the same effort that I used in the weight room. And that's the other thing we try to get a hold of kids is, hey, they're looking for an easy way. They're putting the hard work in in the weight room during their workout. Well, now how disciplined are you the other 22 and a half hours if you had a 90-minute workout during the day? That, that's where you have to hold yourself accountable as an athlete. And if we talk about you know, getting a competitive advantage all the time, 
with our podcast. And that's the reason why we do this. Well, there's your competitive advantage, but can you do it? It's so simple, but can you do it? Do you have the discipline and do you have the habits of doing it? Once right. you create these bad habits of eating, as you get into adulthood, as you and I know, it becomes very difficult to change because you've been doing that for 30 years. And now to try to change your eating habits becomes very difficult. And as we know, most adults are overweight. Well, and before we move to the next last question here, Dean, I would send a message to the coaches as well, especially the coaches that are coaching AAU travel baseball, things like that. You know, there's a different element that also goes into those weekends for you. And, you know, if you're up late with parents cocktailing and drinking and stuff like that, and you wake up early in the morning with coffee and no, no breakfast, you're not going to be able to coach at the level that the kids deserve. So, you know, some of you guys that are out there doing that, you really got to check, you know, your priorities and things like that. And weigh yourself in athletes, weigh yourself in every morning. You know, we would do this when I was at Wisconsin, Brian, and I know you did it a ton, but kids would come in and they would weigh in before the workout. And when they got done with the workout, they would weigh themselves in again. And sometimes you were hydrating and, until you left. So you made sure you were hydrated. Right. And we know a two thirds of our body is, is made up of water. And when you, you start doing a contact sport, start putting a helmet on, you know, your risk of being, you know, getting a concussion goes up drastically <laughs> if you're dehydrated. Correct. Correct. All right. Last question, Dean, we'll try and get this, get through this a little quicker here. Um, with all the camps, and this is a really, this is really prevalent for us right now with all the camps and showcases, how do you guys balance training for the athletes and their want and need to be in front of college coaches and recruiters? Boy, that's a, that's a podcast in itself, Brian. I think so. Yeah. But we can hit on it real quick here. Yeah. You know, it's, it's put, it puts kids in bad situations, Brian. I agree. You know, it, it really does. And I think, unfortunately, just the way social media is, and I think kids, you know, fall into the trap of, you know, of being able, if I'm not there, I don't have that opportunity. You know, it's fear of missing out, like we say. And, you know, I think we have people going to camps and some kids are going to camps. They're unrealistic for them. So it's like you mentioned many times is having those hard conversations as coaches. I think coaches need to guide their athletes because what some of these kids are spending on a weekend camp is astronomical, especially right. the way gas prices are currently today. Hotel and everything. Yeah. It's just, it's not healthy for kids. You know, like AJ Klein said, my parents made me take a vacation and some of these kids camp schedules are just absolutely crazy. And the cost is just, it's, it's unfortunate. I know as a parent, I just said to my son, I said, hey, you're not going to that. And, and we, we just made that, that, that was our deal. I said, now with technology, the way it is in huddle, you know, if you have a passion to, to go on, you know, we will pick one or two things that we think are um, some serious considerations for you at the next level. And that are realistic and that stuff that is going to be in the best interest of you and what you want to do outside of your high school experience. And what I'm talking about mainly there is I'm talking about what are you going to do for a career? Right. What are you going to do for academics? Because obviously only 6% of high school athletes are even going to go on it to do anything at college, but we got to really focus on 
you know, one, is, is this something that you're going to be able to afford? Because yes, it would be great to go to a college that's $50,000 a year. And yeah, it's a dream of mine, but is it realistic? And so you got to have those conversations with kids. And then I think a, a lot of it's unnecessary. I think you pick one or two things as an athlete. And I, I think you don't have to do overboard and then just make sure that you are doing stuff. Make sure you're spending your time with your family, your friends, too many of these kids. It's more like a job, Brian. Instead, you know, summer used to be summer vacation used to be, this is awesome. I can be with my friends. I can go fishing. I can go swimming. And now it just it tends to be a drag for kids. And that's why so many of those kids burn out when they get to the high school level, because it started starting a lot younger than it was when well, we think, were in high school. Well, Dean, what we're seeing with, with kids, obviously, and we, you know, we prep kids for these, you know, the, the W, the WFCA, you know, combine and, and things like that. But what we're seeing is, is, you know, kids are going to six or seven or eight of these camps in, in June. Okay. Um, the travel is, you know, I mean, Midwest. So most of the kids aren't flying, they're driving. So they're spending time in the car. Um, you know, you have a camp that's, you know, maybe Monday and then you have another on Wednesday. Well, they don't want to come in and train on Tuesday because they want to be fresh for this camp. Um, but there's only so many times you can pull that, pull that trigger when you're running or sprinting before either your times are going to start to go backwards or you're going to get hurt. Um, and that's the reality of it, because if you're not doing the strength training that you're used to, strength training is basically GPP for the body, which is, you know, or injury prevention for the body. That's why we do strength training. You know, I mean, all the performance aside, the main reason why you have strength, strength and conditioning, speed work, stuff like that in a controlled environment, okay, is to make sure that the athletes don't get hurt during their games. Uh, that's your main goal. Now, you want to get stronger, faster, all this other stuff to, to make their performances better. Um, but when you start eliminating that, and now you have kids that are going to eight camps in three weeks, oh. um, that's, that's, that's three weeks of training for your season, which is the most important thing that you're supposed to be preparing for athletes. You need to hear that. Okay. You can run the best 40 time. You can bench 225 as many as you want. You can jump 40 inches. You can't play the game. You're not getting recruited. And if you're, you know, we, we say this with our NFL guys, you can't make the club in the tub. So if you're hurt and you can't practice, you're not going to get better. If you're hurt, you can't play, you don't have film. Okay. It still comes back to your film is what is going to sell you first and foremost. All right. And then these combines and these other things are basically just kind of checks and balances like cross-checking. Um, you know, I think, this is just my opinion. I think the NCA at some point needs to step in. I think, you know, some other organizations or colleges need to think about this a little bit more because in my opinion right now, it, it's really putting the high school coaches, it's putting the high school athletes, it's, it's detrimental to their development. Um, you know, I know many kids that are like, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of going to camps. I'm sick of this. I, you know, and kids that should be getting offers, you know, these aren't, these aren't kids that are backups on their high school team. I'm talking about some of the kids that are the top players in our state right now, you know, and, and um, you know, I think it's changed. I think the recruiting has changed. Um, and I think it's only, I, I would be interested to see Dean, this would be interesting to look at. I don't know how you collect the data, 
of kids that attend more than four of these showcases in the summer, you know, and put them in a, in a pool and see what their injury rates are during the football season, you know, and, and, you know, baseball is the same thing. You know, they, they have these huge baseball showcases in the middle of the week. Well, now you got a kid that goes and throws, you know, a 30 pitch bullpen on a Wednesday. Well, he's supposed to start for his travel team on Friday. You know, what's the risk, you know, where, and, and you know, as well as I do that when they're throwing that bullpen in that, in that showcase, those guys are throwing it as hard as they can because the below is what's important. So um, my suggestion when you have kids like that is you really have to sit down and again, hatch out a plan, you know, because I don't think these camps are going away anytime soon. Um, I hope they do, but they're not. Um, and just kind of look at the schedule and you probably as a coach need to make some sacrifices for some of your players because typically you're, you're hoping some of these players are your really good players um, and you need them to be healthy during the year. Um, and so, you know, we meet one-on-one, you, you know, with the individual kids and, you know, we try and figure out times that they can get training in, but also times that they can get recovery in, you know, I mean, you're driving to Kansas for a camp, then you're going to Illinois, then you're going to Nebraska. Well, then you're going to NDSU and then you're going, you know, to, to St. Thomas. I just, um, you know, it's a really hard topic because I think kids feel the pressure to be at all these things, you know, and I, I really, you know, I commend the WIA and the WFCA for their combine. Um, we'll give a shout out to next level and Brad Arnett and his guys there for running those. I mean, that's a legitimate combine. Those are legitimate numbers that these kids can put out there. Um, and so I think we need a few more of those where you can have a gathering of a lot of kids, where you can have something that's tested by professionals. Because again, and I'm, you know, I've worked in the college setting team, you know, you got GAs and interns timing these kids. And this is, you know, you're talking about a 40, 50,000, that's $200,000. These kids, I, I tell our kids this all the time. You're running for a scholarship at a D1 school, you're running for a $200,000 $200, contract. So schools, if you're having your interns and GAs time the kids, that's, I, I, I think that's garbage. I think that's complete garbage. You should have your, your head strength coach, the guys that are professionals at doing this stuff, timing the kids, running everything. Um, so the, so the data is accurate. You know, and athletes out there, it kind of goes back to our second question. If you're, if you've got a busy schedule, you got to be honed in on all the recovery modalities of getting the eight hours of sleep minimum, make sure you're hydrate, make sure you're getting post-workout nutrition, make sure you're, having a ton of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, or you're getting enough fruits and vegetables and protein. It comes back to what we started with this episode with is you got to be, you got to plan, you got to prepare. You have to plan and prepare. If you don't, if you're going into this stuff and you don't have a plan, you're going to fail. Right. And, and, and when we say fail, we're probably talking about, you're probably going to get injured because that that's, what's going to happen. That's going to be your failure. And like you said, you know, your best ability is your availability. And, you know, you got to make, you got to make sure you're being smart with these situations. And then coaches, you need to sit down with the athletes and help them with their plan, because you can't expect parents to know how, what the perfect plan is. I think it's going to take the coach, the parents and the kid, and now come up with a plan. That's one that's going to work within your family. What's affordable what, what, what's going to be healthy as far as time management and what is going to meet your goals, what you're trying to get out of going to some of these showcases, camps, or, or anything else. So I'll use this example for parents and athletes. 
Look at the Olympics. Okay, look at the 100 meter dash. So that's comparable to the 40 or 60 for these kids, right? Okay, these guys run three or four over the course of the Olympics. You got to remember the Olympics is a controlled setting. They have all their recovery. They're right there. They have all their food. Everything is right there. When does Usain Bolt break the world record? In the last race, right? So he's not 100% running his best time, okay, until that that until that last race, right? To, for the gold medal, you know, you as a, and, and this is a guy that's in his thirties, you know, these sprinters are in their thirties. They have an incredibly high level of strength, high level of training, and they train for it for four years, right? You as a high school athlete, 15 to 17 years old, if you're running six, eight forties over the course of three weeks, at some point, there's a law of diminishing returns that's going to happen, or like you said, injury. Okay. You're only supposed to run your best time one time. Okay. Otherwise, at the Olympics, guys would be breaking world records in the in the prelims. It doesn't happen. Okay. It's set up that way for a reason. So think about that. Um, as you go to these camps, be smart um, mm. when you're going. Dog, what do we got? Fox Valley throws. You guys have been fired in the rain. I see you got we got if you guys don't follow Fox Valley throws on on um instagram you need to follow them some of the techniques they're doing stuff like that if you guys can't get over there to see them some of the technique they got in there but dog what do we got going on here coming up in july anything yeah we don't want we're halfway through our june sessions so we have eight sessions in june we just got four completed and boy, it was about 95 degrees out there and it was just incredible to see the kids locked in and and just holding <clears> in on the craft and getting better and and just really paying attention and getting better. That, that's a great, and having fun doing it, right? You know, one thing about, you know, the club and, you know, working out at Sports Advantage, working out at your school is they're developing friendships. They're, they're learning things, you know, they're meeting friends from different schools and, and they're helping each other out. It's just a great family atmosphere. Right. So we will be continuing July sessions as well. So that July 4th week, we take off. We just want kids to just spend time, you know, go up north, spend time with family, and then we start back up on July 11th, and then we'll have eight more sessions. So just stay tuned. We'll be putting that on Twitter. We'll be putting that on Instagram for Fox Valley Throws. But we really like that July 4th week of just, hey, take off, get up north, enjoy the fireworks, enjoy family, yep. because everybody just needs a week of, away. But then if you are willing to come back and you want more sessions and you want to continually get stronger and throw farther and get better, you know, we have that opportunity for, for those individuals that want to sign up. So we're super excited, Brian. That's awesome, Dean. Uh, Sports Advantage, obviously, we got our summer programs going in full force. Um, you know, we saw some really, you know, we, we looked at evaluating the box squat last week. Um, I think we had over 100 kids in our Wanakee gym, um, did an evaluation. Um, I think every kid that was with us 11 weeks ago was the last time we actually did a free box squat. Um, I think we had over 50 kids PR out of over 50 kids that did it. So every kid hit a PR, um, which again is just a testament to why the conjugate system works um, and why it's, you know, why it's the best. And that's why we use it. Um, so check that out. Things like that. Um, have a couple of cool guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, we got to get Mangan on here at some point, coach. We're going we're gonna to have to get oh, Mangan. We'll get Mangan on here. 
Um, you guys are out doing, you know, traveling the traveling the world together, watching baseball games. But we got we got to tie him down and and get him on one of the podcasts here. Um, so that wraps it up for our Q and A session, Dean. I really like that. I think we got to do more of those. Yes, there's no doubt about it. And you know, we appreciate the feedback we got yep. from our listeners. You know, that's huge. And th this is another great thing that we're definitely going to add to add to our podcast. And it's it's just great as this thing's growing. And it's great to get feedback and we appreciate all the, yeah. the um, communication that we yeah. have with coaches and questions that come up. Cause that's why we do it, Brian. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to keep with this, you know, we're going to add these in sprinkle them in. So if you got questions, you know, hit, hit us up on the get your edge podcast, Instagram site, Twitter site, you can hit either Dean or I up on our different social medias and uh, we'll get to your questions as, as they come in. All right. Have an awesome weekend and we will talk to you next time. Chop it. <laughs>